Hey, Whipsters! This is the Women in Pants podcast, helping you overcome your work history gaps. I'm your host, Shana Brazier. This episode is an interview with my dear friend, Brittany Corey, and Sarah is also joining me in the interview today. Brittany is a career readiness genius. She has so much to share with us. We knew we were going to have to interview her several times to really glean all of the information that is in her head that will help us. So today, we decided to focus on resumes and how to make your work history gap work for you in a resume. So enjoy. Hey, Brittany, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. <laughs> is that, is that, I'm trying out different introductions like, welcome to the podcast. But since we already know each other and we're friends, it felt weird to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Was my new introduction just as weird? <laughs> um, you can still probably work on it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I, I like constructive criticism. That's fine. I've got Sarah with me here too. Hey, Sarah. Hey. That sounded like tired. <laughs> hey, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Let's do this. Um, I'm totally sick. Like, I don't know if you can hear my voice, but I don't care. Like, I wanted so badly to talk to you and to get this information. Like, that's how excited I am to do this podcast with you, Brittany, is that I did not call in sick on you. And I called well, in sick good. on like everyone else today. <laughs> so you better perform is all I have. I will do my best. When we were trying to think of titles for you, we came up with career preparation professional. Would you say that's a pretty good title for you? Yeah, I think that works. Why don't you tell our audience kind of like your background in career preparation? Like, yeah. Yeah, well, um, let's see. I, hmm, how to get started on with that? I started with career prep work doing some um, kind of drop in services for homeless and at risk young adults. I would help with like resume building and help them look for jobs. Um, and then, so I worked with them for a little while down in Eugene at an organization down there called Looking Glass. I was working at New Roads. Um, and I ended up going to grad school after that. And so after grad school where I studied, um, I studied criminology from like a social perspective. So like how to help people, um, like build life skills so that they don't have to, you know, look to illegal means of survival. Um, and so after that, I moved to Portland, uh, where I worked for three different organizations down here with employment preparation for, um, uh, young adults, um, homeless, at-risk, low-income, um, just helping them find jobs, helping them build up their resumes and interview skills, um, and then also going on to post-secondary education, college, trade schools, um, you know, different educational sort of paths if that was something they were interested in doing. So, I yeah, I did that for probably a grand total of about a decade um, before I decided to move on to entrepreneurial work myself. So That's perfect. So this episode is for all you ladies out there who are considering a life of crime, <laughs> we are going to deter you. Ooh, it's like that show. Do you know that? Is it on CBS? That show, um, is it called Good Girls? Do either one of you know what I'm talking about? 
that the bank robber show? Yes. Oh, no, no. Yeah. They don't rob the bank. They do. Uh, oh, oh, they the launder money. Sport. They launder yes. money for a drug oh. or something like that. Yeah, I think like, I'm. They were like moms. They're like all like moms, and they needed money, and so they got hooked into this. They were just gonna do it once, and then something happened, and now they have to do it like all the time, and now they are living a life of crime. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that first episode. I don't think I, yeah. I don't think I watched after that, but yeah, I saw the first one. Yeah, I, I, I know I gave it a couple episodes, but I know I didn't finish the whole first season. But um, yeah, so for all of you ladies out there who are considering laundering money for the local drug ring, this episode is for you. <laughs> Do not do it. We have other options. We have other <laughs> options. <laughs> no, I think Brittany is perfect to bring on board for our team because a lot of our women are just now getting into the workforce and this is all brand new. And that's who she helped before was teaching those skills to people who have never really done it before and never had to. And, you know. Very true. Very true. And I think um, there's like a thousand different directions we could go today, but we kind of talked to you beforehand. We kind of want today to be all about the resume, the infamous like resume. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to put that um, that sound effect in here, the echo sound effect. Maybe I will. If you just heard an echo, it's because I found the echo sound effect <laughs> and put it in there. <laughs> so let's just dive right in, Brittany. Like what, you know... What's your opinion on resumes? Are they even still valid anymore? Is a resume still something that you have to figure out? I think a resume is almost the most important piece of the like paper application process. Um, I think it's even more important than just knowing how to fill out a job application because uh, the resume is actually like highlighting the things that you want to be highlighted. So the better that you can highlight those things and the more... Um, like professional and appealing that you can make it look to an employer, um, the better your chances that the employer is going to want to, you know, first off read it. And secondly, like bring you in for an interview. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine this weekend that went, uh, I was on a girl's trip in Seattle and she was up there with me and she was telling me that she had applied for a job. Um, recently she has been a stay at home mom for a while and she was kind of wanting to like get out there. And so she applied for a job um, and they ended up, um, not exactly sure. They ended up finding somebody else for the position, but they liked her resume so much that they actually called her and she had like an hour long conversation with the person that owned the business because he liked her resume and wanted to get to know her a little bit better to see if there was an opportunity for her to open up in the future. Nice. Yeah. I think the the resume is super important. Yeah. So what do you think about her resume was so great? Like, did you have a chance to talk to her about it or look at it? Yeah, I didn't see it myself, but it sounds like she gave it a lot of personality and a lot of voice. Um, And so I think, um, you know, to a point, it's, you know, okay to add a little bit of your own personality and a little bit of your own, um, I don't know, like, I don't want to say voice again, but a little bit, you know, of you into the resume. It doesn't have to be like super professional all the time in certain instances. And I think that worked out for her it, with the case of the you know job that she was applying for. It was a little less, um, a little less, you know, buttoned up professional and a little more, they want to know about your personality. And so she used that opportunity to really like put herself into her resume and the way that she worded things and talked about her experience. So let's just go there because it was probably, oh, a year and a half, two years ago 
when I decided that I did want to go into the workforce again. And so I was <laughs> one, I didn't have an old resume on file. Like I had gone through mm -hmm. enough computers over the decade of being out of work that I didn't even have one like to update. Like I had yeah. to start from scratch and remember things and try to, and I think that uh, personality bit is definitely one of the bits that like just, I, th I hated, hated doing the resume because I just felt like it, it, it was not me. And I did, mm -hmm. I think what I did is went on to, you know, one of those free resume builders. <laughs> yep. I think that's where everybody starts at first, right? Yep. It just uh -huh. has, like your skills, your work experience, um, personal references and like hobbies or something like that. How do you mm -hmm. put your personality in that? How do you put your personality in like your work experience, for example, or anywhere, where would you suggest you put personality? Like side note, because the only idea I can think of is, and I think it's either Legally Blonde or um, what's that other blonde movie? Uh, oh, come on. The other not Legally Blonde, but Clueless? Clueless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Clueless. I don't know. <laughs> On, on one of those, I think maybe it's Legally Blonde. She does like the pink paper and like sprays it with perfume and has like, yeah. like leaves or flowers or something glued to it or something like that. Um, yeah, and that's the only, I'm like, I'm like, how do I put my perfume. personality in this? So, <laughs> so take over, Brittany. How do we put our personality in, in a resume? Yeah, I think there's a, I mean, there's a fair amount that you can do to kind of include yourself in your personality from just like the format and the design that you choose to use for your resume, because there's all types of different formats. Um, and so, I mean, even you like picking your favorite format is saying something about you and your personality and what you like. Um, you know, some people can use different colors um, for like, you know, the hat or on their resume or something like that um, about the words that you use when describing the job that you did and the you know skills and experience that you have um, you know just word choice can be important as well um, you know I if you're turning your resume in like in paper rather than like attaching it to an email or electronic submission um, you can use different types of paper um, the different types of paper may say something about you as well or you know I wouldn't necessarily go like pink with perfume on it but maybe you're using like you know, a slightly you know bluer shade of paper or you're using something with a, you know a texture I don't want to say like a decoration or design but like they you can get that resume paper that looks kind of like granite or something it's got like a really mellow sort of um, design to it um, and so just like you know your paper your colors your format your wording you can all add personality in that way do you think things like that actually stick out? to the boss so you're when you're handing in like paper applications paper resumes and he's got he or she has a pile of you know a hundred different resumes it's going to be they're not going to read them <laughs> they're going to go through and they're quickly going to like skim the top they're going to look for um you know whatever might be important to to them or the job that they're looking for, they're gonna pull those out. So you wanna do whatever you can that's gonna make your resume stick out in that pile of papers. So if it's a slightly thicker paper, you know, just, you know, tactilely, it's going to stick out from just the plain white sheets of computer paper that were printed out. Um, if there's, if you, if your name is in blue across the top, like it's gonna be eye-catching 
where just the grayscale stuff from somebody else's may not be. Um, and again, I'm not suggesting like, you know, go, go full rainbow all over your resume or, you know, print it on cardboard or anything like that. So, you know, still, we need to <laughs> glass but, etching. You know. I'm going to do mine glass etched and send it in that way. <laughs> no. But yeah, doing whatever you can to make it like pop and stand out from a pile of computer printed grayscale sheets is going to be beneficial. So how do you do that online? Because let's be honest, the majority of resumes now are just turned in online. So how do you stand out online? Um, Again, it's a good format. It's um, knowing how to send it in. Um, So for instance, like um, I was helping my, I was kind of looking at some resumes that my husband was going through because he's... um, he has his own team at work and so he's in charge of all the hiring. And so I was, uh, you know, looking at some resumes that he was looking over online and, um, you know, people would, they would type up their resumes in like word, um, and then save and attach the word files that would come through with their application. But because his computer was different than their computer, the format of that is like all over the place. The format's not the same as what they saw is not the same as he was looking at. So it just looked very weird and very like unprofessional. Um, so like knowing how to save in PDF and attaching a PDF document. Um, and then, you know, in that case, you can still like, you know, add some formatting and some, um, some personalization um, to that resume that makes it look better. And you know that what you see is what the person that's opening it is going to see as well. So another question, I'm just going to like pepper you with questions. Because at the end of this, I'm going to have a rocking resume. But um, like my personality would lean towards fonts that are fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Sans Com- comic font and like just all the fun fonts. Is that unprofessional? Like is somebody going to look at that and be like, okay, I'm, you know, dealing with a child here. <laughs> or are they well, going Sam- to see she has a really fun personality? Sans comic has a really bad reputation. So just in general. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm bringing it back. Hashtag bring back Sans comic. <laughs> um, but I think it, it depends on the font itself. And I think it also depends on the job that you're applying for and using the resume for, because you should never have just one resume that you're just handing out to every single job that you're applying for. Like you should be tailoring, tailoring your resume um, either like, you know, generally towards the type of job that you're looking for. And then if you are able to, the specific job that you're applying for. So if you're applying for a job as like, I don't know, a daycare provider or something, you might choose to use different fonts and different format than you would if you were applying for like a teller position. Um, So you really need to like keep in mind what you're applying for and what kind of um, what kind of skills and personality would be beneficial to the employer to find in your resume. Perfect. So do you recommend people use humor in their resumes? Or would you um, hear that? I don't know if it's necessarily a, like something I would recommend or d- deter from. I think again, it all de- depends on the job that you're applying for. I think Another really good way to like bring out your personality is in your attached cover letter with your resume when you're turning in a resume. Um, and so that's when I think it's easier to bring out more of your voice, um, you know, potentially more of your humor, more of your personality. 
Um, and you should always, if you're sending in a resume, you should always have a cover letter with it as well. Um, cause the cover letter is your opportunity to kind of talk more about yourself referring back to what you put on your resume. Um, so again, I think that's probably going to be the piece where you're, you're going to be more likely to use any sort of, um, you know, humor or personality in there too. Perfect. That's such a good note that it's so much easier to talk like yourself in a cover letter format than it is to like, these are the jobs I had because I have the hardest time thinking of some way to infuse any personality into a list of jobs I've had kind of thing. Yeah. Which let's talk about that. When, when we had you over the other time, you kind of blew my mind, Brittany, (laughs) when you were talking about, um, that you put your most important things and your most important aspects at the top of the resume. And I think, um, I don't know if it comes from high school or from college or whatever, but I had it stuck in my mind that it's got to be chronological from the most recent thing to the second most recent thing to the third most recent thing. Um, yeah. Why don't you share with our audience your view on all of that? Yeah. Well, like I was talking about before about like, you know, the employer that's hiring is going to have the stack of applications, whether, whether it's printed on a paper or in their inbox and in their email. And so you want to, again, make your resume stick out to them. And so that's going to mean that they're looking at like, you know, the first quarter of the sheet of paper, the first quarter of the page and deciding whether or not it's worthwhile for them to continue reading or if they've already decided that you're not a good fit for the job. Is it the first quarter of the cover letter or the first quarter of the resume or both that they will generally look at? I think they'll probably look at the resume first. And then if they like what they see in the resume, they would go and read the cover letter. Um, It's definitely like, that's the way that I did it when I was helping with, with applications and hiring decisions is I would look through the resume first. And if I liked what I saw in the resume, then I would go back and read the cover letter as well. So, so would you put yeah. your job skills, like your former jobs at the top, or would you put your skills or would you put your, like, what would you suggest the format be as far as the very first thing you put after your name and what address? It is so very specific to the individual that's doing the resume. Um, you want to highlight whatever your strongest piece is. So for some people, like their strongest piece may be their education. Um, For some people, their strongest piece may be their work history. For some people, it may be their specific skills that they have that are related to the job. So it's whatever your strongest piece is should be at the top. Um, And then you can kind of go down from there. And I think I had mentioned to you before that, like, you don't have to put everything on your resume. Like, that's what the application is for that asks for the last you know, 10 jobs that you've had, that's where you need to go in like chronological order and include everything. But resumes are simply like why you're a good fit for that job. Um, so again, that's why you should be tailoring your resumes towards the jobs that you're looking for. Um, and so whatever makes you a good fit for that job is what should be at the top, um, you know, the most important thing. So maybe, you know, you're applying for a job in food service um, and you like worked in your I don't know, you volunteered in the kitchen at your church for, you know, five years or whatever, and you have all this food experience through your volunteer work, then that would be what it's at the top. Maybe you don't have any education or like employment experience in food service, but even this volunteer position that you did for several years through your church um, gave you the skills that you need for this job. And so that's what needs to be at the top in that situation. You're so smart. I think the top of your resume should be your IQ score. (laughs) (laughs) 
you answered my question. I was going to ask where to put volunteer work because we may not have work history for jobs, but a lot of us mm-hmm. like volunteer at the schools and stuff um, that our kids go to. Yeah. So that, so yeah. at the top of and that. honestly, like on resumes, I wouldn't even necessarily label it as volunteer experience. Um, Cause that, I mean, I don't necessarily know that like employers see that as like a stigma, but I know a lot of people that are like, haven't had a job in a while or are new to the, you know, application type of um, stuff. They, they don't, they don't see volunteer experience as real work experience. And so they get a little like, but it was only volunteer. I don't want to include that on my resume. And so I don't even tell them to label it as volunteer experience. I tell them to label it as work experience. Like whether they were paid for it or not paid for it, they still did the job, but they still like had a commitment to be there. They still had all of these skills and experiences that they learned. doesn't matter if they were paid for it or not. I would have never thought to do that. Just put it straight under work experience. Yeah, because it doesn't say employment experiences. It says work experience. Okay, so next hard question. A lot of our women have been stay-at-home moms, right? And we all know that as stay-at-home moms, we do a lot of crap. (laughs) We get a lot of crap done. We do a lot of crap. We have a lot of skills. How do you put that on a resume, though? Do you say work experience? I was a mom of X amount of children. How do you... How do you put that on your resume, the skills that maybe you've, you've honed in on by managing a family? Yeah. I think if I was working with a woman in that situation, I would first sit down with her and try to make like a comprehensive list of all the things that she did, like all the things that um, could be uh, translated to something in the workforce, whether it was like, you know, money management, like like, um, you know, keeping a, you know, multi-person calendar system, like, um, you know, scheduling appointments, like just all of those types of things. I would start by making a really like a long extensive list of those. And then I would probably start at the top of her resume with um, uh, like a special skills section um, and talk about the different skills that she has and things that she's able to do in that top section. Um, and probably not even comment on the fact that she's a stay-at-home mom, but have, you know, the top section be her skills and expertise. And then we can add below any like, you know, potential past jobs or volunteer or education or anything else that she's had. But the highlight of that at the top of the resume would be her skills um, and abilities. That's perfect. So what if someone does have only a high school education? Do you suggest they put that on there or just leave education off altogether? I suggest they put that on there um, and then include um, anything that they like did or studied in high school that would be relevant to the job that they're applying for. Um, So any extracurricular activities that, again, are relevant to the job that they're applying for, um, because you don't necessarily need to put that you were on the chess club if it has no relevance to the job that you're applying for. Um, but in the extracurricular, like clubs, groups, activities, any um, achievements, awards, um, you know, like specialized classes that you took, um, if it's related to the job, I would include that as well. What if it was a million years ago? 
Okay, so maybe not a million years ago, but what if it was like 20 years ago when you graduated from high school? Do you still put stuff like that? Or does that make it sound like you don't have any skills you've worked on in the last 20 years? <laughs> That's a decision that you can make individually. Like, no, if you you're going like... to make the decision, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel like you're... Res- okay, so let's, talk, let's, let's kind of jump to resume length for a second. Yeah. Um, so for... Um, or entry level um, type of jobs, like anything where you ha- you don't have like tons of years and experience in one particular profession, um, your resume shouldn't be longer than one page. So if you're looking at a single piece of paper, like you have, you know, you're heading along the top, you have some special skills, maybe some, you know, volunteer work or a little bit of work experience and your education like that, you don't have to include a ton with your format to fill up that page. So if you have filled up that page with enough like relevant skills and experiences, you don't even need to include your education on there. If it's something that you're not like proud of and is not a strength for you, don't include it. Um, You know, if you are a little bit weak in the other things and you need something to like round out your resume and look like you have like a full sheet, a full piece of paper, Um, you know, that's where you can put in your, you know, your education that, you know, again, may just be high school, but maybe you have some special classes or special, you know, skills that you gained from that that's specifically related to the job that you applied for. Um, then do it, definitely do it. What about like online training courses, things that you've done or taken? What is your opinion on that, on including that in a resume? Yeah include it. If it's related and it's relevant to what you're looking for, um, definitely include it. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, your school, your education, don't put the dates that you attended school. Um, Hallelujah. That... Hallelujah. <laughs> because I yeah, went a really will... long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Cause one of the like, you know, protected things in employment is that they can't judge you based on your age. And if you put your high school, like the year you graduated high school, I don't know about you, but like, I look at that and I immediately like figure out how old that person is. And so if that's not all on your resume, like they, they can't determine that from your resume, they would have to, you know, bring you in for the interview to meet you before they have any determination about how old or how young you may be. Brittany, where were you two years ago? Honestly, where, where have you been my whole life? Here's why I say that. So I have my bachelor's degree, but it took me 13 years. I feel like I need that echo thing again. 13 (laughs) years, 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 uh, to get that degree (laughs) because I was doing it all online. Like I, I did, uh, four really good years and then I got married, moved away, started having a bunch of children. And so I finished online and it took me forever because I was doing one class at a time. So it, from the start of going to college to the end of going to college is a 13 year period. And I am always mm-hmm. like, I feel like I have to explain it away every time I put it on a resume. I feel like I have to be like, okay, listen, I had a lot of kids and I was kind of stressed out and I could only take one class at a time. <laughs> yeah. But you're saying I don't even have to put that. I do not have to put the nope. date on that. Nope. Okay, Google and Safari, update your freaking um, auto resume fillers because they <laughs> ask you for the dates on those. Update it. That's all I have to say. Yeah. That is that is such great advice. Like, there's no yeah. need to 
to put that on there. That is such, and that's great for high school too. Then make it seem more relevant than if it was or 20 years ago. It was more than that. (laughs) Yeah. And the the date thing also just like side note with your, any sort of um, like volunteer experience or any sort of work experience that you may have. um, It'll usually ask for dates on resume formats as well. Um, And I think that's okay to put dates on, but you don't have to be super specific about the dates. Like, you don't have to say, like, I worked here from September 2nd of, you know, 2015 through whatever of whatever other year. Um, If you had a job from 2005 to 2007, you can put that down. If you had a job from, you know, January of 2005, but you only worked that job until July of 2005, just put 2005. Like, they don't need to know that the job was only one month or the job was you know, two, two years, three months and six days. Um, just give them like basic, you know, year information. So if you're going to quit your job, quit January 1st, not December 31st, because so you, you can, can put two put years on here. <laughs> <laughs> just hold on, hold on for one more day. Yeah. Oh, that's a song. Yeah, I actually, on when I was when I was applying for jobs, I had this was like when I was younger. I put on my resume that I'd worked somewhere from September of one year to October of the following year, and um, so I'd been there for thirteen months. But they only saw the months; they didn't pay attention to the years. So they asked me, "Why have you only been working there for a month?" I'm like, "No, like look at the years. Like you have to." spell it out for them on the resume because you don't want them to get the wrong impression about something. So yeah, I would say just put the years down. Okay. So this brings up a whole nother question too. What if you worked somewhere and it didn't go well? (laughs) Let's say either you quit or you got fired, either one, and it just was not, it didn't go well. Do you put that on your Uh resume? If they're not asking for it in an application, do you put that on your resume? Especially if it is, a job related to the one that you're trying to get. All right. So we're just talking about the resume at this point, right? Yes. We're uh, talking about the resume. We'll do a whole nother. We're going to have you on like every month and just drain your brain of everything you have. <laughs> so I would say just for the resume and this, if you're following those like Google format resume templates, this might blow your mind as well. Don't put your references on your resume. Don't include your references on your resume. Why? You can put a little note. Ever? Well, no, don't do it. Uh, because one, they are not going to call your references until after an interview. They're not going to get your resume and call your references. They're not going to do that until after an interview. Plus, it can also be like a, a personal information concern for your references. So like if you're handing out like a hundred different applications, like this information is not getting shredded. It's going into like recycle bins, garbage cans being like, I don't know, strewn across the street when the garbage truck doesn't quite get everything in the truck. So now all of your references, like personal contact information is like all over the place. Um, So there's no need to put that on your, your resume. Like some people will put at the bottom, they'll put like, you know, references available upon request. You can do that, but I don't even think that that's necessary because if a boss, if an employer asks you for your references, you're they not going to be available, no. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't have to tell them that they're available. Like you're not going to say, "Oh, sorry, those aren't available." To you. 
Um, so you don't even have to have that. Again, if it's a space filler, like you're trying to fill up space, yeah, go ahead and put like references available upon request at the bottom of your resume, um, but it's not necessary. So that being said, if you had a job that, that didn't end well, um, but you feel like the experience that you got from the job and the skills that you learned there were beneficial to what you're applying for, um, you can include it on your resume. Um, you, and again, this is getting out of the, of the scope of resumes. Um, I would include what you, like the skills, the job, I would include that on your resume. Um, you would not put an asterisk that says PS did not win end well. No, I would not. <laughs> I would not. And I will say tune in next time when we talk about applications and interview skills to learn the other side of that. But like as far how, as how to talk goes, around it if they if they do ask about it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you think it's worth the risk to put it on the resume knowing you might have to talk about the the unamicable split. Yeah, I do. If you feel like the skills and experience that you gained from that job were, um, you know, a, a, a good thing for you and a strength for you as far as what you're applying for now, then definitely include that information in there. So what are some unbreakable rules about resume writing that you would consider? Put your contact information on the resume. <laughs> <laughs> If they can't get a hold of you, they can't ask you in for an interview. Um, like proofreading is so important, especially when it comes to your contact information. Um, I have definitely tried to contact an individual before only to find out that they'd misspelled their email address or they had left off a digit on their phone number um, or something like that had happened. Um, so definitely like proofread to make sure that your contact information is, is um, correct so that they can actually get a hold of you. Um, I would say definitely like spell checking and proofreading the body of your resume is super important as well. Cause like, I think anyone will like look over, you know, a misspelled, you know, misused word or two, but if your like resume is littered with, you know, inaccurate, incorrect stuff, um, they're going to place judgment on you based on that. Um, so have somebody else look it over too. Um, Cause I know that like, if you're just running through a spell checker, like there will be like there, there, and there, the spell checker is going to say like that is spelled correctly, but maybe you're using it in the wrong sense. Um, and you either don't know it or you've looked at it, like you've read this stuff so many times, like you're just breezing over it. Um, so definitely have somebody like look over your resume before you send it out. Maybe have two somebody's look over your resume um, just to make sure any of those obvious little things um, aren't there. Yeah, I think those are like super important things. Um, and again, if you're sending it in electronically, make sure you're, you're saving it to a PDF format. So all your fonts and all your formatting come through the way you want them to. Um, fill the page make it look like you have a full page of stuff, even if it feels like you don't. And sometimes that's playing with formatting and page margins. And sometimes that's making job descriptions a little bit longer. Um, so just fiddling with it to, to fill up that page. What if you have the opposite problem? You've had 94 jobs in your lifetime. I mean, all like majority of them are like college jobs and stuff like that or volunteer jobs or whatever. And you could mm -hmm. fill 
seven pages. Like what, what, how much, how much is too much? Um, again, like if you don't have a decade of experience in one profession, um, don't do more than a page. Like it's not, it's not worthwhile to you and in, in your, you know, the employer that's hiring is definitely not going to continue reading through an extra page if they're looking for um, an entry level or like mid-level sort of employee. Um, so uh, I would say, you know, I'm assuming that your 94 jobs are probably not all relevant to the position that you're applying for now. So not unless I'm applying to uh, be a mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so pick and choose the things that are most relevant. Um, if you have, um, well, like for instance, um, me, for instance, I worked for one organization, but I had three different jobs within that one organization. And so I just included it all as one um, entry on my resume. So I had the organization that I worked for, and then I listed out the three different job titles that I did. And then my description of the job um, or my description of like tasks that I performed, I just included everything from all three of those jobs in there. Um, so, I mean, if you had like, I don't know, maybe you're applying for a job in food service. And so all of those like high school jobs you had in McDonald's and Burger King and uh, Sherry's or whatever are all relevant, but maybe it was a lot of the same skills. Um, you may be able to get away with, um, you know, putting in food service provider, listing out the three, four, five different you know, chains that you worked for, and then combining the work experience job description all in one category. Um, so smart. So. And I feel like yeah. you've already answered this question just throughout the entire interview, but I just want to set it up and make it very clear that, I mean, the women listening to this podcast, most of us have a large work history gap there, you know, there's large chunks of chronological time that do not have quote work history in them. But I think you answered that. Mm -hmm. And when you said you don't have to put dates on things, that's not like a requirement or a law that you have to put dates on things. And that including mm -hmm. um, volunteer work as just work could fill in a lot of those gaps for a lot of our women. Would you agree with that? Do you have anything else to say about the gap or how to make the gap look less Yappy. <laughs> <laughs> I think the different like resume formats that you choose can also help um, decrease the obviousness of that gap. Um, so like whether you're doing a format that is like a chronological sort of, you know, format with any, you know, work volunteer, any past experience that you have, you know, anything that's chronological, um, they, you know, and if you're including the years on your work experience, volunteer experience, they'll still be able to like visually see that gap. Um, so, but if you're doing more of like a, like a functional resume where you're more highlighting your skills and abilities and qualifications for different jobs, um, again, that's going to be what's at the top of your resume. So that's what they're going to see. So it's going to be less like the gap in your, in your history is going to be less um, out there. Um, if you're focusing more on your skills and qualifications, it'll be less gappy hashtag yeah. gappy, yeah. <laughs> less, less gappy, <laughs> less gappy. <laughs> oh my gosh, Brittany. I feel like we could talk for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, 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 hours. See that echo again. I really am going to have to get an echo button. I feel like Sarah, Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this has been so 
good. Informative. So informative. So good. So much to glean from. I feel like this is an episode that people need to go back and listen to like four or five times to really get all of the information that you're sharing. I just think that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. We will absolutely have you on again, um, either right. either with your will or against your will. It really, I'm, I'm up for either way. Um, Cause you just have so much more. I mean, we could talk about interviews. We could talk about you know, the online application format. We could, I mean, there's just so much to talk about. So I'm really excited to, just keep diving into your brain. But um, for this episode, I think we're going to wrap it all up. What would you give us just like your one golden nugget of where to start? Because some of this is going to feel very overwhelming. So give us your one golden nugget on resumes, where to start. I think just getting it on paper is a good place to start like not worrying about formatting not worrying about like what to include and what not to include um but just getting it written down is the first thing so even if it's opening up just like a word document and just like i don't know word vomiting all over it just like this is the job this is the volunteer this is the education that i had and this is just a long list of things that i had to do like just getting all of that stuff up first um I think is a good first step um, because then it's already there um, and you can start playing around with how to word it and how to format it. Um, so don't, don't get caught up on making it look pretty at the beginning. Just focus your attention on getting it out there, getting it on the paper. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on, Brittany. It was good to chat with you. Yeah. Thank you.